All right, we are back, back, back. This episode is going to bless you. It's going to encourage you. It might even make you chuckle a little bit, but um, we're all we're talking about opportunity and trauma's effects on opportunity. So stay tuned. Hi there. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Nicole D. And I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope today's episode or this episode is helpful for you. I hope that it's enlightening, encouraging, empowering, and that you leave feeling so much better, have a a brighter outlook, and are just happy to experience more life. So on this episode, we'll be talking about opportunity trauma and its effect on opportunities that have come my way, simply put. So um, if you're still hanging out with me, thank you. Um, Pull up a seat. You guys know how we get down. We just want to have a heart-to-heart conversation from my heart to yours about my own trauma and how it's affected my life. And today's segment is opportunity. So today I actually have a couple of notes um, and there are just some definitions to kind of help us all because this is not just about my life, but how my life can inspire you to hopefully um, take a first step or continue stepping um, on that journey towards healing. And so um, let's just get right into it. Opportunity is defined as a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. A chance for employment or promotion. Um, A few synonyms are event, freedom, hope, a moment, space, or time. So opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. And so if your creative juices or if your thoughts are already flowing like mine are, then you know that trauma can have its way um, in um, impacting what makes things possible. Because for anyone, uh, trauma has a way to um, affect the brain in a way that it alters it. And when it alters the brain, um, it changes how we see things. It changes our perspective and we just don't look at life the same. We don't look at opportunity the same. And so when opportunity does show up, we don't know what to do with it. Well, I didn't know what to do with it. So I'm gonna share um, a few things that is on my heart that I know off the top of my head and through a bit of introspection and reflection um, of how I have quote unquote fumbled Um, some opportunities. And let's just go back down memory lane a little bit um, before I get to my most recent observations. Um, I will say that I believe it started, well, it started before I can remember, but um, the earliest memory that I have is in school. And um, I remember in grade school, you know, Despite being skipped up from third to fourth grade, um, I did end up going back to my regular grade after going to another school. Um, However, I 
remember being that kid shy in the classroom and not volunteering, not raising my hand um, when I knew and was confident in the answer. Uh, so if you can relate there, you know, I think a lot of people can relate there. Um, but then it, it, it grew because if we know that non trauma that is not confronted, um, the effects of it can grow, right? Almost like a snowball effect. And that's what happened to me. I then went on to be the student who did not apply myself in classes. Um, I just would forfeit work. I wouldn't even give it a try because here I am not believing in myself and, and being insecure in my abilities to even show up to give effort, y'all. I'm not even talking about um, feeling like I just couldn't get it right or make a straight A, but this was just effort that we're talking about. We're talking about D's, right? Because a D is definitely a sign of effort <laughs> if we're talking about um, grades here. But I wouldn't even do that. There were times in high school that I just wouldn't even go to class because it was too difficult or I just didn't feel like I fit. I didn't fit in with folks who were smart. And believe it or not, I was smart. I just did not believe that for myself. And so I had no plans on um, going to college. Not really. I think that it was a conversation around other people and I kind of just got in there, but I didn't sit down and make plans and say, oh, I have a dream to go to XYZ school. I remember as a kid, you know, conversing with some of my friends in the neighborhood and, and we were all watching a different world and, you know, fantasizing about going to an HBCU. But I never solidified that in my heart. I never um, made that my personal dream, but it was like, casual conversation that I had with people. And so fast forward, I go on, I joined the NC, can't even talk. I joined the NAACP youth chapter in my neighborhood and I was afforded a lot of great opportunities. We're talking about opportunities here. And it wasn't because of, you know, I it wasn't, I didn't get those opportunities because I had to do something. I simply showed up. So kudos to me for that, right? Um, but we did a lot of great things. And one of the things that we did was we went on this college tour, um, not a college tour, but we went to a college fair, excuse me. And at this fair, um, and I was just going to a company friends, y'all. I did not believe that I was truly going to college. So I go to this fair and I'm going to table to table and just, you know, they have the little cards, um, uh, the will contact you cards or whatever. Um, I don't know what they're called exactly. This is over 20 years ago. Um, and so I fill out the information and I'm not thinking anything of it. I'm dropping in all these different boxes. I don't even remember the schools that I stopped by. Okay. It was just like, oh, boxes here, boxes there. You know, well, let me just participate. Um, and so I can get my participatory trophy. Um, so I did that and um, thinking nothing of it, like some months, a couple months later, it may have been a month, I get a letter in the mail and it is from Grambling State University and they're offering me a scholarship. So you all know that I'm sitting here like a scholarship for me, the, the girl who doesn't go to class. Um, the girl who shows no effort, like you you mean I'm gonna have a, an opportunity for a scholarship? 
what is, wh- how does that even happen? I see my friends who get scholarships and they're in AP classes and, and um, honors classes and they're making straight A's, they're on the dean's list. The dean is walking me to class because I was ditching so much. Um, so we're not the same, but here I am with a scholarship. So they tell me I need to take the ACT and I need to get a certain score and I need to have a certain GPA. They're giving me different opportunities to obtain this scholarship. And so I look at all of the opportunities listed and I'm like, I can fit one of these. I I know I can get in one of these categories to get this scholarship. So lo and behold, your girl shows up, y'all. Your girl starts putting in a little effort at school. Mind you, this is my senior year. Um, But every bit counts, every bit counts. So I go through with all the paperwork and y'all, I landed a scholarship. By the grace of God and the mercy of God, I landed a scholarship. And here I am excited, eager um, to get on the campus, get on the campus. And um, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed to see so many people that look like me. Um, and, And I know I just told you all how I was brainstorming with friends as a child. And we were talking about um, our aspirations, well, I was just talking, but they were actually sharing their hearts and their aspirations to go to an HBCU. And here I am, um, out of all the ones have, having that conversation, I'm the only one who graduated from an HBCU. And um, I don't take that lightly because I was the girl who did not have the plan. And, um, and God saw fit to allow me that opportunity and here we are talking about opportunities this entire time. That's what we're going to be talking about. But I want you to see um, how God orchestrated this, but also how I fumbled opportunities as well. So when I got to campus, um, I was a nursing major. And when I went to class, here I am confronted with my insecurities and my ability um, to do schoolwork. And so I ended up dropping out of the nursing program and um, majoring in I'm trying to remember you all. I changed my major five times in the first three years of college. I changed my major five times and it was a major setback for those of you all who have attended college. You know that that was a major setback. So I believe I changed my major from that point to um, biology. Biology was way too difficult for me. My perception of my abilities, it was too difficult and I was not disciplined enough for um for the program. So I talked to a couple of classmates who, who felt like me, but for different motivations, you know, they had different reasons behind their, their decision. And we all really were like, um, well, I kind of want to be a, you know, a physical therapist or an athletic trainer. And I was talking to my college roommate and she's like, oh, I know somebody you can talk to. Um, so here I am shy, y'all. I'm 17, but I had just made 18. And she's like, well, you're gonna have to talk to him yourself um, if you wanna be an athletic trainer, but I know the person. So she takes me to the football complex and to the head athletic trainer. And she's like, Nicole, this is so-and-so, so-and-so, this is Nicole. And he just stands there and he looks at me. And I'm like a deer caught in headlights, staring back. And I'm telling myself like, Nicole, you're gonna have to speak up. This is your opportunity. And I don't know y'all, I don't know what came over me, but I stood up. And I began to speak and I say, my name is Nicole and, and I really want this opportunity. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And I started selling myself, y'all. I had never sold myself before in this type of way. 
and he said, come tomorrow at 8 a.m. Who was there? Me, okay? I was there, and I actually became an athletic trainer, student athletic trainer, um, and I was there the entire time that I was a student at Grambling State University. Um, the first year I worked with the football team, and we won the SWAT conference that year. I got a ring. What an amazing time, right? I stood up for myself, and I did not fumble this opportunity. But that would not be the, uh, the I would not be that successful in all of my other um in all of my other um moments, right? And so uh, I stayed there and did that for about six years. I did an undergrad and graduate school. Y'all, I was not the girl with the plan. I was not. And I graduated with my undergraduate degree. Mind you, I did change my major a few times, so it took me a bit. Um, and when I graduated, I was not ready for the real world. So I went back to get my master's degree in sport administration. And I had dreams of being um, as an, um, a sports agent and an athletic director. I wanted to do all things sports because here I am, a young lady who has been in the sports arena uh, for quite some time and actually enjoyed watching sports myself. But God had other plans. So I moved um, to Alabama and I've been here since. And yeah, it's been an interesting ride. Um, but about opportunity, let's let's get back to the to this. So, of course, there were plenty of opportunities that I have fumbled, and the biggest one, y'all, the biggest one was um was not too long ago, because I am a person that operates mostly in my strengths, and so. It's easy to do what you're good at, especially when you're in an environment that doesn't challenge you. And so opportunity is easy when you're not challenged. Opportunity is easy when it's familiar. Um, and so it took for me to step out of my comfort zone and to begin to become that person again that stood up for herself um, to speak to the head athletic trainer that led to an amazing career in college. Um, but I had to become her again. And I didn't realize how far away from her I had become because of unconfronted trauma. And so here I am. And every time there's new, y'all, every time there is a transition, it's almost like we're relearning ourselves. And so while that young lady, that 18-year-old stood up for herself in 2002, here I am in 2021 fumbling and forgetting who I am. Um, forgetting that I, you know, was created for this. And so I was in a clubhouse room. And let me, let me rewind this. I have been on stages where I've spoken to 2,000 people, 1,500 people, 20 people, a group of 100 students. And y'all know kids can be a hard audience um, because they really, they're going to give you a straight face. If you are terrible, they're going to let you know that you're terrible. Um, whereas adults, you know, we'll, we'll, we, we gonna, we gonna let you slide. So, um, I've, I've been to all these audiences and public speaking is not an issue for me. I enjoy it, but there was something different about this opportunity. So I'm on clubhouse and I'm in a room where there's a lot of ladies and this, the lady invites me to the stage. So if you are aware of how clubhouse works, you can enter a room and, um, the host can invite you on the stage, which gives you the opportunity to speak. 
So she invites me on the stage and y'all, I just don't believe I have anything to say. And so here comes that insecurity trying to raise its ugly head. Like, Hey, we own you. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling and I'm battling with this thing, but it won. It won in that moment because I began to speak and I let the Lord just do his thing. I'm just talking, I'm talking. And my back channel is blowing up with ladies, you know, wanting to connect and, and wanting to meet up and trying to see how we can collaborate. And y'all, I lost it. I didn't want any parts of it. I fumbled it so badly that I just ghosted everybody. I was like, I can't do this. I don't, I don't want the responsibility of the next level. That's what it was. I did not want the responsibility of the next level. I wanted to stay in my comfort zone. I wanted to stay in familiar land. I said, God, I am not ready yet. I still want to work on me. I still want to do this, that, and the other. And obviously, I still needed to work on me because I felt like Gideon. Who, me? I am the least worthy here. And you want me to come in and collaborate with other strangers on doing kingdom work? Like, I could not, for the life of me, grab hold of it. So there was some insecurity. There was some fear. I was literally afraid of the next level. I was afraid of the success. I know who I am and I know what God's called me to be. I know who he's called me to be. Me to be. I know where. I know, I've seen it. I have seen it. God has shown me in on multiple occasions. And here I am with the reality that this could be coming true and fear creeps in and insecurity creeps in. And I fumbled big time. And I was on the phone with a coworker and I was telling them about the situation. And they said, I just told them the story, just like I told you all the story. And they said back to me, oh, so you're going to just run from your call? And the person is, was not a Christian, y'all. They were not a Christian. And, and I'm the type of person that I hear God in, in anything, right? So I just believed if God was just like, so using this person and saying, Nicole, you're running from your call. And... In that moment, I knew how big of a deal, how how much I, of an opportunity that was and how bad I fumbled it because I let my own insecurity um, and fear take over me. Um, and it really hit me because it was so new. I had never been in that situation, not like that. I have been all of them were comfort zones, right? They, I, I was in a church, so I already felt like um, if I fall, I could just say, well, I just wasn't ready, you know, or let's pray about it, or there's mercy here for that. But this wasn't a church setting, and I couldn't rely on my faith, and I couldn't rely on, not in the same way, at least that's what I felt like. Um, I couldn't rely on the comfort of, you know, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I was around complete strangers, and I didn't know how they were going to handle me. I didn't know. And it, and it really it was telling of, um, you know, my traumatic experiences in life. I didn't, I didn't want anybody just to handle me anyway. I, I don't know if I could, could handle, um, you know, the possibility of, of failing, the possibility of someone else rejecting me, the possibility of me failing them, right? Um, it was, there were so many thoughts and I knew it wasn't a, a residue of trauma. 
you know, leaking its ugly head and um, and just plaguing me in such a way that caused me to fumble in this way. But I am thankful, I will say, for the fumble because y'all, it, it, it ignited a a fire and a curiosity in me to, to really dig deep and say, why, why did I fumble? What was going on in my mind and in my heart that made me feel all of those feelings? And so it really sparked this journey, y'all, for real, because that was literally last year. So it sparked this journey. I mean, I know some of y'all have, have been on the journey with me with effective execution, but, and I'm still there. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like heart to heart, this is my baby. Like this is my most vulnerable project. And I just feel like this is where we all are. We, we all are trying to figure out, you know, what layers do we need to release? What, what is it that is holding us back? Because we all want to be authentic. We all want to be our best selves. We all want success and, and progression in life and prosperity. And we want to release, you know, um, poverty and we want to release insecurity and jealousy and fear and, and anything that's plaguing us from, from being who God has called us to be. But how do we do that? In what ways is it recognizable? How, how will we know unless we're triggered? How will we know unless we fumble in opportunity? How will we know? How will we know? So I'm thankful that I fumbled. I'm thankful because it allowed me to see where I really am. And that makes me happy. That makes me happy because I don't ever want to be where I'm not. I don't want to ever say that I'm something that I'm not. I don't want to ever put on any type of front for anybody. I, I want to be me, you know, right where I am making no mistake about it, unapologetically me. So I fumbled that opportunity and I'm here doing heart to heart because I fumbled. And I hope that in this episode of heart to heart, that you feel my heart in this and that you begin to reflect on opportunities that you may have fumbled, whether that was even in a relationship. And we're going to talk about relationships later because I definitely want to share how trauma has affected my relationships. But what opportunities did you have that you fumbled, that you just did not steward well, that you may have allowed fear or doubt or insecurity or anything that did not allow you to walk in and accept the moment that was possible for you, right? What, what is that? What did you do? What lesson did you learn? Because we want to learn lessons. We don't ever want to go through life and not have a lesson for what we've experienced. You owe yourself that. You owe yourself that wisdom, that knowledge. And guess what? We want some of that too. So don't be hoarding that, that wisdom. Don't be hoarding all of that. We want some. So share it with us. If you're listening to this podcast, thank you. I hope that you can hear my heart. I hope that this has ignited some curiosity in you, like I've said before. And I hope that you've listened to all of the other episodes because they're building blocks. If you haven't listened to the first one, I want to admonish you, encourage you to go back to the first episode, the introduction. Start there and just listen to it um, because I have something special coming 
for the listeners and for anybody who wants to be part of it. Um, I have something special coming that I'm working on uh, for the heart to heart listeners. Um, and I'm really excited about it because I really think that it's going to be amazing. And um, in the meantime, if this resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Um, whether you catch me on Instagram at I am Nicole Evans or on Facebook, Nicole Evans Ministries, or on TikTok, I am Nicole Evans, or my email info at I am Nicole Wherever you find me, there's even a link in the show notes where you can leave a voice message um, letting me know what were your takeaways from this episode and how do you feel about it? If there's anything that I can do to put you in the right direction, I would love to do so to be a resource for you. Um, and also, if you need prayer, I am definitely here uh, to pray for you. So I'm coming to the end of this, and I hope that this has been encouraging for you, that you leave inspired and empowered and all of that. But anyway, I'm rambling, but God bless you, and um, thank you for tuning in. You just listened to Heart to Heart with Nicole D. I'm so glad you're here. Make sure that you leave me a rating on anywhere where you are listening to this podcast. Be sure to share this information and check me out at www.iamnicoleevans.com or I'm on Instagram at I am Nicole Evans, Twitter at I am Nicole Evans, Facebook, Nicole Evans Ministries. Connect with me. I would love to meet you um, and learn more about you next time.